and welcome to episode number 218 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown. Joint, I have with me two guys that are going to win you some money this week. Asterisk not guaranteed. Steven Andrus, Brad Allen. You can find Brad, at, Brad Allen on the Twitter machine at Brad Allen NFL. You can find Steven at Steven Andrus1. You can follow me at Matt Brown M2. Guys, we are here with uh, a, a tournament that we have all been waiting for. I know Steven was stashing bets away a long time ago. I've been stashing some bets away here and there. I'm sure Brad has as well. I mean, this is, uh, you know, this is the 150th, right? This is really, really awesome of what we've got going on here. The old course at St. Andrews, 150th Open Championship, 156 players. We've got 70 in ties that are going to make it. We got a pretty short course by today's standards, right? It's going to play on, on an average of 70, 7,300-ish. It can play up to 7,500, depending on where they put the tee boxes on a few of the different holes or whatever. Unique course layout, even though it's a par 72. We've got the two par threes, the two par fives, and then the 14 par fours. A few of those par fours are going to be drivable. Wide fairways, huge greens, double greens, the whole nine yards, 110 bunkers, two holes, with water danger, uh, Brad, I know you've played this course a couple dozen times. So uh, tell us about, you know, your experiences over there. I have been reading uh, a book this week about, it was a, it was a, it's called like an American caddy in, uh, in St. Andrews. So I, I have been getting quite, quite to grips with the course from that book. Um, yeah. I mean, as you, as you say that, like there's, there's sort of, they share greens, they share fairways, um, and like, apparently if you don't have a caddy or you haven't played it before, you have no idea how to play the course because it is just one big swathe of, uh, of land. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the pictures coming out already, like the sort of nighttime 10.30 golf looks awesome. So I'm, I'm excited. Steven, whenever we take a look at the course itself, I mean, you know, the... The only, if you, if you guys have never seen this, if you guys are new to golf betting, if you guys are new to the Open Championship or whatever, Lynx play, this is a true Lynx course where you're not going to see a tree. There's not going to be a tree. The natural defense here, Stephen, is going to be just, well, the natural defense is going to be the wind. And then the only other defense really are these bunkers. And when we say bunkers, this is a different type of bunker because it's basically a penalty stroke. Like you are not able to really play out of these bunkers and what people are going to find out if they're tuning in for the first time and never seen the old course at St. Andrews is guys are going to be playing sideways. They're going to be playing backwards. They're going to be playing whatever they can to get out of these bunkers, which again, if you go into some of these, it's basically taking a stroke penalty. For sure. If, if you're up against the lip, you got to go sideways. If even if you have a, a pretty decent lie in there, it still takes, you know, an extra loft just to make sure you clear the face of it. Um, and then you're still potentially miles away from where the actual pin is. So uh, it's going to take not only what we saw last year with fantastic ball striking from Colin Morikawa, but I think you need to be pretty savvy around the greens because there's going to be a lot of slopes. Um, just saw a video earlier today of Tiger Woods hitting 12 consecutive shots on 18 from the same exact spot. And that spot was 30 yards short of the pin and he was using putter, mm -hmm. not, not a wedge. So, um, a lot of creativity I think is required this week to win the open. I'm glad that you bring that up because that leads me to the next question here. I mean, Brad, there are a lot of ways to skin the cat here with this one. If you talk to the different golfers out there, you know, some will say, oh, no, it, you know, the bombers are certainly going to have an advantage here. Then there's some who say, ah, I don't know if you're really, really accurate and you're 
able to drive it down the right side of the fairways, which is by far the more, more dangerous part of the fairways because that's where the bunkers lie. You have better angles into the greens. And uh, as Steven mentioned, some guys are going to be using putter from super far away. Some guys are going to intentionally lay back so that they can actually hit longer irons and because they're not so confident with their wedge play and all that. So we could see a bunch of different strategies actually this week. Um, what type of golfer did you kind of back in this one? And what were you looking for when you started to whittle down your player pool? Yeah, well, to your point, I've just been reading an interview or a golf.com story on Tiger. And um, apparently he's just been sort of pl- playing, scuttling around with his four iron, mm-hmm. just hitting everything along the floor because a Apparently, everything is just baked dry. As, as Stephen can attest, we're in the middle of a, a heat wave in the UK and uh, we haven't seen rain in, in weeks. And so it is baked dry and there is a lot of roll. Um, and yeah, it, it, so you could you could argue it's going to bring people people into it. Um, when Tiger won here, I think 2005 or whatever, he was famous for hitting just irons off the tee and just scuttling them along the ground. Um, but as you say, there will it sounds like there will be people who take out driver, just go for the green, now, because it's playing so fast, if you're offline with those drivers, you're going to be skittering off, you know, mm-hmm. like miles off offline, and then you're going to be in real trouble. So, I've I've not really gone for a stereotypical type. I've not gone for bombers or you know short hitters, mm-hmm. because I do think if you if you do either approach well, I think you can probably have success. Right, if you hit your driver sort of <laughs> online, uh, you're going to have a, a, a you know a wedge in, and you're going to be okay. But you could also scuttle it you know, 300 down the middle using a, a two iron perhaps. Um, so I think either can work. I, I, I went for links for more than anything. So Stephen, a um, couple of different things here. One, what type of golfer were you looking for this week? What did you do when you were bringing down your, you know, kind of whittling down the player pool here? And secondly, what type of scoring do you think we're going to see here? Because that also plays into what type of golfer that I was looking for this week that I was narrowing down because from the conditions is one, you guys are there. I've heard, you know, several different people on the floor over there who have been talking about this. Like they think that this is, we're not going to get all that much weather, certainly not going to get much rain. And then the winds again, things can change on a dime. It is a, it is a a links course. I mean, the winds can come and go, but way we look at it right now, it does not look like there's going to be, by old course St. Andrews standards, much wind at all. And so in my opinion, I'm kind of playing this like we're going to see 17, 18, 19, maybe even 20 under for this. Like I I think the winning score could, could be pushing 20. And if that's the case for me, it's a a different type of golfer that I'm looking for than if this thing is playing closer to 10, 11, 12. I agree with you. Given the two options, I think we are going to see pretty significant scores under par from the winner of this week with really the wind forecast. You mentioned it, Matt. Uh, I was checking it this past weekend and it looked like we might have gotten some some days during this tournament where it was 15 to 20 miles per hour. That updated forecast as we record this on Tuesday is that for the most part, 50 miles per hour or less. Mm-hmm. So to me, wind is the only real defense of this course, considering that one third of the course are par fours that are shorter than 400 yards. I mean, there's a real chance here that the long straight hitters could take apart this place. We're talking about yeah. a course that as much as, as they've updated over the years 
to try and combat the modern game is still a track that was invented 470 years ago. So um, I do think there's a chance that the longer hitters could have an advantage here this week with the wind down like it looks like it's going to be. And if that's the case, yes, they might wind up in a pot bunker around the green, but I'd still rather that on the second shot than Mm -hmm. potentially a guy having to do it on their third shot. So um, I've kind of built two separate models this week and tried to find golfers that were peaking in both one where I included driving distance and another where I didn't include Mm -hmm. driving distance and I had strokes gained off the tee in both of them. So um, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I do think that, it's not required to be long, but I still think it will be an advantage. Yeah, so I, it'll be interesting this week to see whenever we start talking about our plays and picks and, and, and whatnot, because I am I did actually fairly I did two models as well. Like like you did, Stephen, I did one where I actually weighted driving distance fairly heavily and one where I took it out altogether and just use good drives as instead. And just to kind of see what the odd kind of how how the the odd just juxtaposition of that changed the, the way that the model uh, played out. And, and shockingly, it kind of didn't, which was re- weird enough for yeah, me. Same like, me. Yeah. Like a lot of the same guys, a lot of the same stuff and, and whatever. So um, let's start at the top of the odds board here though, guys. I mean, if you are listening to this or watching this, on the YouTube channel, be sure and subscribe, rate, review on the audio side. If you are on the video side, please go ahead, hit that subscribe button down below. We really do appreciate the support from you guys here on the YouTube channel as well. If we start at the top of the board, guys, Roy McElroy, the best odds you're going to find on him is 10 to 1. There are several books out there that do have the 10 to 1, so be sure and look at one of the 10 to 1 books, not one of the 9 to 1 books. Xander Shoffley, after the back-to-back wins, um, you can find a 16, and that is the best number you're going to find on Xander right now out there at points bet is 16, uh, as low as 12 in the market right now for Xander. John Rahm, you can find an 18, 16 is about the consensus. Scotty Scheffler, you can find a few different 18s for him. Jordan Spieth, you can find 18s. Matt Fitzpatrick, you can find a 20, and that kind of gets us into this kind of middle tier of really good golfers that you can still find 20 or longer on. Justin Thomas at 22, Shane Lowry at 22, Cantlay up at 28, Cam Smith up at 28 as well. So top of the board here, Brad, listen, I did a bunch of runnings of things. I did a bunch of recent form stuff. I did a bunch of things I was looking for. Every single version of everything I did, points towards Xander, points towards Rory. Um, a little bit towards Jordan Spieth. I mean, so there, there are a lot of these guys that are short in this very short number range that I love. My model loves everything about me that I've, I watch every single golf tournament every single week. So what I've seen with my own eyeballs loves all these guys is just, you know, if you're betting golf every single week, you're betting 10 to one guys, it's going to, you know, you're going to go broke. So it's tough for me. I'm, I think I'm going to find a way to get exposure to Rory, find a way to get exposure to Xander. Maybe that's through head to heads. Maybe that's through three balls, whatever it might be. But I just don't think I can pull the trigger on these guys at such short numbers. Did you have any of these guys here on the, the top of the board make your card? I did not. And it, it was just the number. As you say, mm. they they all pop up. You know, if, if, you, if you're looking at all the things we've talked about, like total driving, you know, wedges, irons, they're, they're all at the top, <laughs> at the, top yeah. of the list. You know, there's a reason they're the best players in the world. But Rory, 10 to 1, Spieth, 18 to 1. Like, I, I just 
don't think there's any value in them given the quality of the field. Um, I mean, the, my first bet was much lower down of this top tier you were just talking about. Two stood out the most to me. One, mm. one was Cantlay. Um, again, he's he, he's long off the tee. Um, he was he was good last week. He was I think he was T four three shots back from Xander. Um, and if you look at his links form, it's is it's perhaps not as good as you would hope. But mm. the other thing I, I quite liked was some Masters form. Obviously, Cantlay's played well at the Masters before, and there is some crossover there if you look at that. Um, and I think that's that you don't need to be too accurate off the tee. It's, it can be forgiving wide fairways um, and then precise irons into sort of these big, uh, big slopey greens. And then three putt avoidance. That's another thing they share. They both have big greens and you need to avoid three putts. And um, so I, I think Cantley does quite well in all of those three. And at 25 to one, you're just getting a little bit of extra juice compared to like the 18s you get yeah. in the speed. So, uh, Stephen, my first bet did come in this tier. Uh, I took Justin Thomas when he drifted to 22. And the thing for me is like, if he would have showed well last week, he would be sitting up there with the Schefflers and everyone else. He'd be 16, 17, 18, something like that. He goes out there, he punts it off when he knows he's not going to make the cut. Then he just punts it off because he started working on different shots and was just trying to like try different things out there when he knew he wasn't going to make the cut. So the overall score isn't indicative of what it, actually could have been he was just like hey i'm gonna miss the cut anyway let's try some stuff that i might need to use next week whenever i get over to the open championship and so the the drift to 22 got me on justin thomas i played cam smith a long time ago because i didn't think and i i got him at 27 feeling like i was going to be super smart and that there weren't going to be numbers that were better available. You can get him 28 on DraftKings right now, so I'm not as smart as I thought I was. So um, th- I do have two guys on my card within this uh, within this tier right here. Uh, one at a number I really like in Justin Thomas at 22, and uh, the 27 that I thought would be long gone for Cam Smith is actually is actually not even the best number that you can get as of us recording this here on a Tuesday morning. You and I are in sync, my friend. This is the 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 name that I bet near the top of the board. Also got him when he drifted to twenty two to one. Uh, don't really give a damn that he missed the cut at the Scottish Open. Colin Morikawa finished outside the top seventy last year at the Scottish Open and won the next week at the Open. So doesn't bother me one bit. Could not get away from JT, honestly. The model was slapping me in the face, telling me to bet on him. Last fifty rounds, last thirty six rounds. Number one in both of those. Number two in the last 24 rounds. We'll get to who's on top of that list in a little bit. Uh, when I inserted wind into the equation, just in case we do get it, still number one. When I took driving distance out of the model, Justin Thomas, still number one mm-hmm. over the last 50 rounds. So um, my concern is that he doesn't have great history in the Open Championship. But he's also playing outstanding golf, and I thought that twenty-two to one went too far, and he should have been short of twenty to one uh, in this field, and with the with the year that he's had. Brad, I have a strategy in this, and I'm curious as to your as to what you think about this because Matthew Fitzpatrick, who by the way I had for the U.S. Open, and I had a future on him, and he won. So thank you, Matthew Fitzpatrick. And I'm taking the opposite approach. In this one, I've already played two head-to-heads against him. If I can find more that pop up, I'm going to continue to play against him here. One, the numbers have got so short where hit the matchups against the quality of players that he's up against is, I think he's the inferior player to the player that 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 he's up against. And then also, 
I like Matt Fitzpatrick on the low scoring slog courses, the tracks that are going to play at seven under for the whole tournament or eight under for the whole tournament. If you kind of look at these tournaments where he's up at the top and he's done super well, it's these tournaments where you got to grind where par is a good score. A lot of times. Well, if I believe that that's not how this is going to play out, if I believe, which I do, that this is going to be a low scoring uh, contest, that this is going to be somewhere you have to make birdies and you have to make birdies in bunches at times, then Fitzpatrick doesn't fit that mold for me and doesn't fit that player profile. And so I'm actually going against the guy who's, who's who won the last major uh, in on tour right now. So tell me if I'm crazy for that. Um, well, to your point, the Scottish Open last week, another links get uh, another links course. He came in T uh, six at minus three, right? Um, and obviously the winner was at minus seven. So you know, contending with the low scoring. I would say I'm not sure what to do with Fitzpatrick because I do think he's transformed his game. Like you've seen him, um, you know, like hooked up to all the sensors and stuff right. and just sort of doing the Bryson thing or like the driveline baseball thing, just working on velocity or working on club speed in this case. So I, and it, you know, he, he led the entire field in strokes gained off the tee at the masters. So I do wonder if he comes out here and just goes for the full out bomb and gouge strategy. Um, and he, and he's perhaps more equipped than someone like Bryson, you know, mm-hmm. if he, if he is near the green, he, he's perhaps got better touch. Um, so, as I say, yeah, I've not bet for or against him because I can see your point, but I do wonder if he has sort of transformed his game because he, I think he's got that, that growth mindset that a lot of these athletes talk about, and I do think he's probably still improving all the time. Steven, another very popular name in this tier, and then we can move on, but I have heard Shane Lowry, Shane Lowry, Shane Lowry, Shane Lowry, Shane Lowry over the last 48 hours like nobody's business, and that has driven his price all the way down to 22 to 1. Uh, as we sit right now, that is the best price you can get on Shane Lowry at 22 to one. Um, I know I, I, I see it, right. I see it. I see it in my mom. I see the stats. I see the stuff or whatever. I just do wonder about a 22 to one. If we're going to try to, you know, recommend someone here today, again, on a Tuesday morning, like a 22 to one on Shane Lowry in a field, this incredibly strong, is the win equity really there at a 22 to one price for me against, you know, where I can get a better number on a Cam Smith, a better number on a Morikawa or whatever further down the board. Some other guys that we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, I like Shane Lowry's game just fine. This feels more like a top 20 bet to me, maybe even a top 10 bet to me or something like that for Lowry, but an outright at 22, I just can't get there. The more long term, the more long term form for him is attractive. He got as high as sixth for me over the last uh, fifty rounds. That was when he was almost winning the Honda Classic, kind of that that point in time. Uh, but it it hasn't been quite as elite uh, recently. He's still he's still up there though in, in the stats that I'm using for context. In addition to the strokes gain off the tee and the driving distance and strokes gain on approach, you know I have things in there like three putt avoidance because a two putt might actually get you a birdie on some of these short par fours. Um, 14 of these holes are par fours. It's a par 72, but there's only two par threes and only two par fives. So strokes gained on par fours and par four scoring from 350 to 400 because one third of the holes fall into that range. So Lowry didn't get into the top five for me using those statistics. Mm -hmm. But if you just take a more general approach and look at strokes gain data uh, over the last 36 rounds, Shane Lowry is up there. If you look at over the last 50 rounds as well, he's he's top five in total strokes gained, I believe. So um, I was, I, if you guys recall, we did the US Open podcast and 
I said Shane Lowry is going to win the Open. Mm-hmm. Well, that was when I thought it was going to be actually open conditions where it was going to be windy and it was going to be more of a slog. And I see this as a very, like you guys, like you said, Matt, I see a 15 to 20 under par mm-hmm. for the winner here. I'd be more interested in Shane Lowry if this was going to be a more difficult test. Like I said, I have Cam Smith on my card. I made it a long time ago. Everything about the Open at St. Andrews just screams Cam Smith to me because we all know, we talk about this you know, all the time, guys. The, the only flaw to his game is off the tee. The guy can spray it with the best of them. Well, guess what? You can spray it here this week. Yes, there's going to be some penalty if you if you hit one of those bunkers or something like that. But if not, there's nobody who's as creative. There's nobody who's as good around the greens and every and putting and lag putting and all that than than it is with Smith. And so for me, I, I again, I wish I had a better number. That looks like there's going to be even maybe this number continues to drift even higher on Cam Smith for whatever reason. But uh, I'll take the 27. Really do like everything about his game, particularly at this course, the way that this is going to play this week. So let's get into this next tier. And it starts the 30 to ones. And that's Will Zalatoris, Colin Morikawa, Tommy Fleetwood, Dustin Johnson. And um, we'll go all the way to 50. Tyrrell Hatton, Tony Finau, Louis Oosthuizen, Sam Burns, Brooks Kepka, Hideki Matsuyama, Max Homa, Victor Hovland, Joaquin Neiman are all sitting in that 50. You know, you can get those guys as high. As 50 to 1, uh, Morikawa, of course, Al Torres all the way down. You can get those guys as high as 30 to 1. Brad, is this where you started your card this week in this tier, or are we still, or are we still drifting further? No, this is. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony Finau is, is my, my favorite bet. Mm-hmm. Um, around 45 is probably a fairly widely available number. Um, so to me, he's got the open form. He's got the links form. He's got and he and he's he's in good form as well. And he's yes. got the driving and the the approach. So just to jump into that, um, there's there's three players since '95. This, this, this stats from Justin Ray uh, to have played 20 more rounds at the Open and gain more than two strokes around. So it's Spieth, Tiger Woods, and then Tony Finau. Which uh, I, w- I wouldn't have said most people think of Finau as kind of an Open specialist. Um, but again, you look at strokes gain total on links courses last five years. Finau's fourth in this field. Um, similar people above him. Xander Schauffler above him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as we've said, he, he might be a bit short. Um, then you, so you look at current form as well. Um, so since the middle of the year, last six tournaments, Finau's come top three, uh, sorry, top 10 in three of them. And he, he's missed one cut. So again, you know, top 10 in, in half your events. Um, he's, of the last 10 measured rounds, he's gained uh, strokes, gained approach in nine of those 10. And we know he's, he's long off the tee if, if he needs it, if he wants to reach back and, and go for it. So yeah, at 45 to one, it looks to me like he's got the skill set of, of someone, you know, close to 30 to one. Um, now I would say we, we know he's probably not a natural winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't have each way available to you, um, as, as a lot of people in the US don't, then maybe, maybe a top 10 is, is better for Mr. Fina. Funny you bring up Tony Finau because in my 36-round model, he tops my 36-round model. He is the number one player on there. He's the only guy in not in my uh, portfolio right now that I actually think is is going to get there. I think that he's going to uh, end up in there for me. I just can't I can't find a way off of a guy that ranks so incredibly highly uh, in in something that I value so much this week um who do you like in this tier here steven 
a man by the name of Tony Finau. Mm. I mentioned that Justin Thomas was uh, number two in the last 24. Tony Finau, number one in the model I'm using this week over the last 24 rounds. Oh, by the way, also number two in our golf writer, John Hasselbauer's model. We mentioned on the Sunday video that uh, we thought maybe his odds might drift a little bit. At that point, there were three books in the U.S. that had him at 50 to 1. So we told everybody to keep an eye on it. Worst case, if a couple of them move, you can get the last remaining 50. Well, as we record this 48 hours later, 45 to 1 is the best available price. And hopefully you got it early because there was even some 65 to ones here over the weekend on, on Tony Fee. Now that's when I locked it in. Uh, so I have 66 on them and yeah, just really clean across the board here. Um, top 15 in several of the metrics that I mentioned that I'm using and weighing heavily this week. And one of the points, um, John Hasselbauer made as well is that kind of connection with desert golf here that we might see here this week with the firm and fast conditions. That's something that Tony Finau has done well in. Um, you know, I, I, I think around the golf community, we all agree that Finau has this reputation of not being able to close, mm -hmm. but I think that he's shown that he can win. And I, I was really impressed with his performance at the Canadian Open, even though he finished third. It just had a Rory scorched earth final round that cost him a win there. So, uh, I think things are lining up pretty well here, and and I actually like the links form, the the open form better than Justin Thomas's open form. Yeah, so I actually have two. Um, I actually have two different guys here in this tier, and you know you're gonna, no one's gonna be shocked by one of the names, and that name's Sam Burns. Um, listen. I complain on these on these podcasts all the time about, you know, not having the menu that you guys have rest of country or in, in Brad's case, rest of world. And for me, um, the only thing I do get is rogue numbers on guys sometimes. So that is fortunate for me. Sam Burns, 56 to one. Um, I have a 56 to one Sam Burns ticket here. A guy with as much win equity as Sam Burns at 56 to 1 is an auto bet for me. It doesn't matter at all. That being said, he still does rank highly um, in, in the models for me. Uh, so I, I do have a, a Sam Burns ticket in there at 56 to 1. The other guy in here that I have is a guy who was 25th at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship in 2017. He was second at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship in 2018. He was fifth at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship in 2019. It wasn't played in 2020. And then he was seventh at the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship in 2021. You're asking, what does it matter about the Alfred Dunhill Lynx Championship? Well, they play Kings Barnes, they play Carnoustie. And then if you make the cut, which this guy did, obviously by the statistics that I've given you, these finishing positions for him, you play the old course at San Andrews twice during the course of the tournament. That guy is Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood has a bunch of, has a, has a bunch of links experience as it is. Anyway, he has played the old course a ton and he has had success a ton at the old course. Um, and so for me, Fleetwood is one of the, one of the better bets for me, certainly a first round leader bet for me that I'm going to have in the account as well but a dude that has as much familiarity with this course as anybody and maybe more success on this course, though it isn't actually at an open championship than anybody out there as well. Cause again, if you play this tournament and you make the cut, you play the old course twice. So two of the four rounds for the tournament, 
is is um, is at the old course. And again, a 25th, a second, a fifth and a seventh in the last four runnings of that tournament. Um, and I guess officially in this tier, I have a Max Homa ticket, but I have a Max Homa ticket at 110 to one, but he's down to 50 to one, which is insanity Ooh. to me. So I couldn't recommend playing Max Homa at 50 to one at this number. Um, that being said, Brad, if you look at Max, he had a, he had a big round at the Scottish open. He goes four under, he, he rockets kind of up the leaderboard before he melts, you know, on the back nine on Sunday, he was actually in contention after the first nine on Sunday at the Scottish where he was three under finds himself at five under for the tournament, probably could have competed if he would have had, you know, even just a decent back nine instead he, he two bogeys and a double, which falls him to T 16 in the tournament. But, but another guy like, like Burns, Max Homa, the win equity is there. The guy's won multiple times on tour. Um, so I can see, I guess, why the the recent form, what we've seen from him, and then also the win equity for for him, I can see why people are betting him, I guess. Yeah, I, I think we've missed the boat though, right? Yeah. I mean, I'll bet him at 100, but I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at 55 as, as the best number I can see. And yeah, I, I, I just feel like we've missed the boat on that one. Um I do worry about that with Fleetwood as well. Again, I'm, I'm looking at a 33 here. Is like, is he really better than like a lot better than Matsuyama at 45, Fina at 45, Zalatoris at 30? Um, or has he got some sort of Scottish Open recent recency bias in there because he came top five last week? Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true, guys. Before we move out of this tier, let's talk about a couple of names here. Just quick thoughts, Stephen. I mean, listen, we've got. We got Ustazen in here. We've got this is the tier with Kepka. This is the tier with Hovland, with Neiman. What do we feel on any of these guys? I mean, Terrell Hatton is a guy that I know a lot of people keep bringing up over and over again. I can't get there because the guy can't put four rounds together. Like, you, you have to put four rounds together to win a tournament, and especially a tournament that I feel is going to be low scoring. Like, yeah, you can have a bad round in a low scoring tournament and you can still come back. Like, for me, the way that I think that this tournament plays out, you got to put four rounds together. Terrell Hatton can't put four rounds together without losing his mind. So I don't know why he's so popular. He's down to 40 to one is the best number you can get on him. I can't get there. Too short. It, it's too short. It's probably a horse for the course angle is why I think he's won the Alfred yeah. Dunhill a couple of times. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, he's one of the more entertaining guys to have on a microphone in a golf tournament, <laughs> but it's also the reason why I don't want to bet him for an outright because he just can't, you know, stay composed when some adversity hits at times. Um, so I, I'm with you guys. I, I also have a Sam Burns bet I made a couple of weeks ago at 40 to one. It didn't make sense to me. Some of the names that were above him on that futures board with the form that he's had over the past year. I think he's just a a class golfer in the world right now. And the way things went with, with Max Homa, the, it was, it was a very guess, I guess, uninteresting rankings board for me after I ran numbers. And I guess it should be, it's a major championship Eight of the 10 names I had surface in the top mm-hmm. 10 were guys who were 25 to one or shorter. But one of the names that wasn't was Max Homa. And if you look just broad picture at strokes gain data um, over the past 50 rounds, he is 12th in total strokes gained. And he apparently just loves links golf, right? This is a guy who in the middle of playing the Scottish open went and played another 18 holes yeah. at a local links course, eating it up. Uh, so the, I, 
I am a little concerned. This is totally, totally narrative street here, Matt. Yeah. But I don't like that he got wound up putting uh, or playing the first two rounds in Tiger Woods group mm-hmm. because he's a he's a total fanboy as we all are. But it's like he tweeted him years ago saying he, he hoped to play a practice round with him at the U.S. Open. So I hope he can handle the crowds and maybe the pressure of playing with his idol um, and rise to that occasion. I would have preferred him just playing in a boring group and <laughs> going out and taking care of his business. He's going to have the massive crowds now with Tiger in his same group. But um, yeah, love love Homa's game, love where it's at. And I think he has the stats that matter to to contend here this week. But I will say this thing as well, mm-hmm. Matt, is that we are getting a discount on these live guys, right? Because nobody knows what yeah. to do with them. So if if we are talking about bombing and gouging, potentially distance having a bit of an advantage, you know, it wouldn't shock me if a Dustin Johnson is in contention. Mm-hmm. Um, bomb and gouge doesn't fit Louis Oosthuizen and the form before he left to live was crap, but he won the Open at St. Andrews and lost in a playoff the other time at St. Andrews for the Open. So just from a pure horse for the course angle, um, I did put him on my outrights card just at a lesser potential payout than what I did for these other guys, almost like a defensive bet. Um, because I do think that some course knowledge and some savviness and knowing where to put the ball in certain spots will come in handy. And I think Louis Oosthuizen is on the very short list of guys that you could nominate as having the best knowledge to do that at St. Andrews. All right, Brad. So now we've hit the the longer than fifty um, realm here, and and I'm not. I know these aren't necessarily long shots. If we air quote, you know, long shots here, but uh, we see a lot of. It's typically class golfers that win this thing, right? I mean, it's typically the guys kind of in that top of the middle, top to the middle of the board that, that win this thing. So I'll I'll go ahead and consider anybody longer than fifty a long shot here. So who who has made your card that is longer than fifty to one? So one I bet earlier today, uh, Keith Mitchell, 150 to one. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of the, the, the bomber's angle. What, yeah. So he's top 6% in the field um, in distance off the tee and top 4% in the field um, in adjusted strokes gained off the tee. Um, and he's also, he's getting a little bit of pub this side of the Atlantic because his, his dad is a member of St. Andrews and his, his sister went to university at St. Andrews. Um, so apparently he's, he's played a lot of rounds here. Um, so he should know some of the some of the quirks of this course quite well. Um, he played last week in the Scottish Open. He, he, ma- he made the car. I think he finished T thirty eight or so. So, you know, he, he got four mm-hmm. four rounds in. He, he didn't blow anyone away. But with those attributes, the length and potentially knowing the course quite well, with a bit of links under his belt, I thought one hundred and fifty to one. Especially if you can get some uh, some each row places, I think that's quite a tasty bit. I uh, I only smile because I have a two hundred and fifty to one Keith Mitchell ticket in my. Uh, in my account as well for the exact same reasons that you just said, everything that you just said was the reasons he made. Yeah. Because if this does become a hard, no wind, whatever, he's going to be, he's going to be driving every damn green. I mean, like he's just, he's going to have a chance to putt at Eagles and, and birdies after two putts, like Steven, like you were talking about, you know? So um, I did take that angle just in case the course ends up playing that way. I think a guy at a super long number like him could in fact actually find himself, in contention, Stephen, um, where are you in this, you know, where are you in this 50 plus range for uh, guys that are going to either have made the card or you're at least considering to make the card? 
Yeah, I, I have a net futures on Homa at 90 to 1. That's mm-hmm. really the only guy right now in that 50 to 100 to 1 range. I see what you're saying with Keith Mitchell um, over his last 50 rounds, top eight in driving distance and strokes gain off the tee. Um, basically the same thing last 24 rounds. The question I want to ask you guys is, is if that's an angle that you are considering, then what are you doing with Bryson DeChambeau? Because the stats are still there for him off the tee, and we know that he's a pretty decent putter. It's just he couldn't hit an iron to save his life this entire calendar year of 2022. But if he's not even going to have to take an iron out of the bag for a third of these holes, can I interest you at a triple-digit number on Bryson DeChambeau? And the reason you bring that up, if at DraftKings right now, 110 to 1, on Bryson at DraftKings. And that's Kings. down then because I saw 130 yeah. to 1 earlier today. So he's yeah. gotten some looks. Yeah. I, the shot money's coming. I mean, uh, Brad, I'll, I'll I'll be honest. I mean, if it does play that way, I guess there is there is something in me that says, okay, he could win. He could win this thing or something. It's just his recent form has just been such garbage that for me, it's just I – but I, I, this is a this is probably a leak in my golf betting or whatever because I just watch so much golf and I watch damn near every round of every tournament or whatever that when I see a guy that's just struggled so much and has just looked like crap so much it's hard for me to put a ticket in on the guy but um I, it would make sense if someone said hey I have a hundred and ten to one ticket on Bryson in this because it, I, I think he could drive you know ten of these greens or something I'd be like okay fair you know. Or some lunch money on it, right? Yeah. At that number. I mean, it's not like we're not predicting Bryson's going to win this tournament. We're saying at 110 to 1, we might want to consider a little bit of lunch money on it. That's all because I'm still going to be at home hoping he winds up in a pot bunker and his <laughs> his wedge with the, a shaft the length of a seven iron is too long to clear the lip behind him. Right. What, what, what do you what do you think about that, Brad? Do you think that that's crazy or no? I think I think a straight outright at triple digits. I think it is probably not a bad bet. Yeah. I mean, I, I've not been following Liv at all. I'm just trying to pull up their yeah. Portland uh, Portland leaderboard now, and I'm he, seeing Bryson he did okay. I don't remember exactly yeah. where he finished, Brad, but I, if I remember, he he wasn't quite in contention, but it, he wasn't playing Phil Mickelson golf either. Yeah. Um, so if, if he's if he's top tening, it's not a bad field. You know, the field here's he's beaten by DJ Usti. Carlos Ortiz, Patrick Reed, you know, they're proper golfers. Um, yeah, if he's healthy, obviously that price is probably ridiculous because as you say, his weakness has been wedges and there's, there is a good chance he can be taking his second shot from the green. Like he could be putting from just off the green and then he, he, might, not have, he might have to hit a handful of wedge shots all, all round. So yeah, I, I, I think that is potentially a, a sneaky little win equity angle there. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 
522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117. For confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia, and 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Let me throw out a few different names here, and then I won't just give me, uh, you know, any thoughts you have on any of them. Um, Brad, I'll start with you. I'm, I'm kind of backtracking here, but I do want to get your thoughts here. Uh, like Victor Hovland, this is a guy that I was betting damn near every week two years ago. And now I want to just continue to bet against the guy. Like, I mean, he just, he, he, something about something's he's got the yips or something with, with whatever. I mean, d- dude just can't, can't do it. I mean, am I, is this a buy low spot? I mean, Hovland was, you know, under 20 to one or right at 20 to one for several tournaments for about a 12 month stretch. Here we are getting 50 to one on Victor Hovland. Is this like, are we, are we blinded here? Is this a buy low spot on this guy? Or is it just the, the form has been so incredibly bad for so long that you'd need to see something before you'd feel comfortable betting. it? Yeah, I think it's, it's the latter. Like he's, he's not done anything right. And although this is maybe not your traditional major with, like high rough and yeah. tight fairways, I still don't think you show up to, to St. Andrews and, and suddenly find it. You know, even even the people talking about the course are saying, if you hit good shots, it's easy. If you if you hit bad shots, like you will find yourself mm-hmm. in those bunkers, you'll find yourself on the wrong fairway and then it's it's a nightmare. So yeah, I, I still don't think we want to just bank on someone suddenly turning it around this week. Steven, three other names I keep hearing brought up and I don't know if these were guys you even considered at all. Uh, Robert McIntyre, Gary Woodland, and then Cam Young. And Cam Young was under the same pretense that that Brad and I used on Keith Mitchell, right? Whereas if this becomes just a course that you can outdrive, well, we know that Cam Young is basically the best driver of the golf ball on tour right now. And so, um, what what do you did any th- any of those three guys even pop up on your radar at all? And then if not, what do you think kept you off of those three guys? Cam Young is on my outright mm-hmm. card. I did bet mm-hmm. Cam Young to win this tournament. Um, one of the one of the few names that had a pretty decent number. I mean, we were talking about him as a as a nice little number to bet for the US Open when he had drifted all the way to 50 to 1 and now we're getting triple digits again on Ga- on Cam Young a month later. So if if I thought he was a good fit with his distance at the US Open potentially incorrectly considering some of, you know, it was um a little tighter over there with longer rough, but um, a little more forgiving, I think, here off the tee for Cam Young at 130 to mm-hmm. one. I want to, I want to bet that. Um, I got him at 100. I had to make some bets early before I flew over here yeah. to the UK for a work week. So, uh, yeah, I would jump on 100. I would put it this way: gun to my head, I'd rather bet Cam Young than I would Bryson DeChambeau at yeah. 110 to one. Yeah, I mean, uh, and that number at DraftKings too is is pretty much is pretty off market, right? I mean, like you're you're looking yeah. at 130 on Cam Young at DraftKings where he's 95 at MGM, right? Where he's you know we see high numbers at points bet all the time. He's a hundred at points bet, so you're getting you're you're getting a fairly off market number on Young 
at DraftKings at 130 as well. So that that might be even more reason because it looks like it's about 30 points off of of where the rest of the market is sitting right now. Yeah, and the reason is because the form is kind of have, has kind of dropped off mm-hmm. here over the past three weeks. He's missed a cut. He hasn't really been in contention. So the most recent thing we saw going into the U.S. Open was a bunch of top fives on his card for the season. That's kind of cooled off a little bit. So you are taking the more long-form look at Cam Young and hoping he can get back to the form that was very attractive as a rookie. And, you know, we are potentially betting here at, you know, small dollar amounts at mm-hmm. a large number, but um, a guy to try and win his first event in a major championship. That doesn't happen very often, right? Yeah. But what I love is that he's not just long off the tee, but he converts as well. Over his last 50 rounds, he's seventh in this field and strokes gain par fours. And as we mentioned, 14 of the 18 holes mm-hmm. at this tournament are par fours. And he's also pretty good around the green. He's not elite, but he's above average in this field. So if he does miss some greens here and there, hopefully he can, you know, chip and putt his way to some birdies uh, on this course with how far he's going to be bombing it off the tee. Uh, The other guys are are tough for me that you mentioned. Didn't really make my card. Um, You know, don't really have a good reason to say otherwise, just right. just other guys were were peaking for me more, and Cam Young was one of the names that intrigued me for sure. If you guys are wondering how it's so easy for us to find the best number that's available out there, if you just go to the lines and you hover over the odds tab at the top in the top navigation, you'll see golf, and then you click from there. You just click 150th Open, and it'll take you to a page that has all the different sports books in your state, and you can easily find the best number available to you. So again. Like we're talking about if you wanted to bet Cam Young, like if you just went to your 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 book of choice, right? The book that you kind of default to, you might be missing out on a massive amount of value that you could get had you headed across the street to DraftKings to get the 130, right? And so just always, always, always head to this page and make sure that uh, th- that you're getting the best number, especially when you start talking about some of these guys that are longer odds, because you can get massive, massive differences in the prices that are available. So don't cheat yourself out of money that you could win should this ticket actually get home for you. Um, Brad, before I get your full card here, are there any golfers you're looking to target? Are there any golfers you're looking to fade? Are there any golfers that you've heard that were, you know, that are super popular this week that you are just completely out on? Um, I'll give you one, one bet. I, I went, I had to go into, uh, into town, went to a, a bookies to put this down in person. Cause they, they weren't offering it online. Is, is Tiger Woods to make the cut. Mm-hmm. Um, I took minus 125. I'll probably go to minus 130. Uh, so he's, he's been at St. Andrews since Saturday now. Um, and mm-hmm. one of the golf reporters was saying he's now walked, well, he's played 58 holes um, at the course. Um, and again, I, I was reading about how he, his strategy was just play it along the floor, mm-hmm. you know, use use this baked, baked out fairways. Um, and if you, if you think he, he's made the cut, but the first two majors he's played with relative ease. And then obviously he's, he's fallen off um, and he didn't even finish the, the US Open. But those were tough walks. Like Augusta was hilly. Um, the US Open was hilly. And this is much, much flatter and much, much shorter. And obviously he's, you know, he's, he's won here. He's won here twice, has he? He's, he? He knows the course like the back of his hand. And even people he's playing with this week, I think he played around with Lee Trevino. He said, 
Tiger's not having a problem hitting it at all. Like mm-hmm. The ball striking is as good as it ever was. It's, ju- it's just the walking that's a problem. So if we're just ma- taking him to make the cut again, we need two rounds of walking. Right. And he's shown, he's shown even when he's less healthy on harder terrain, he's got two rounds of walking and good ball striking in him. So... I really think that is uh, I mean, that's my favorite bet of the week personally. And it's uh, and, and let's all remember it's 70 in ties this week as well. Right. I mean, it's not the 65 in ties. And so um, that could equal, you know, eight, nine extra players. Right. When it's all when it's all said and done. So, uh, yeah, I don't I, I like that as, as well. Stephen, before we get your full betting card, anybody you're targeting, anybody you're fading, anybody you have a massively differing opinion on than what it seems like is the consensus out there. Well, it's a major, so I'm, I'm going to give you another top nationality market per our little tradition here. And even though he absolutely lit my wallet on fire for the U.S. Open, I can get behind Sung J.M. at plus 190, plus 195 to be the top South Korean this week. Uh, he's, he's pretty lengthy off the tee himself, so I, I think he fits quite nicely. Uh, pretty decent gap between him and the rest of the South uh, Koreans when I ran some numbers. Um, and as you mentioned, Matt, the tool to look at outright odds across the American books that we have at, at the lines.com. If you go to the odds tab and hit player prop finder tool, you'll also be able to search guys by name and find the best markets. And um, Brad mentioning Tiger Woods brought to mind a prop that I like this week. I, I wasn't able to get it down because I was um, flying over here to the UK, but did a search on Tiger Woods. You can find him at a couple of books to make the cut at around minus 150. Um, but the bet I kind of like based on the angle that I do think he is going to come out strong. He has said this is his favorite course in the entire world to play. I was shocked that he's played 50 plus holes. I considered that he would care more about resting and recovery mm-hmm. to make sure that he could potentially get through four rounds of golf with his leg. Top 20 after round one plus 420 at FanDuel. I think that's where the sprinkle um, I think that he knows this, like, like I mentioned with Usti, just knowing the nuances of this place, Tiger Woods would be at the top of my list of guys in this field that know this place better than anybody. I can get plus 420 on him to kind of strategize his way around here to potentially just be top 20 after Thursday. So I, I talked about it a little bit top of the show. I am targeting Fitzpatrick to fade. I'm trying to find head to heads against him. Another thing that could come up and, and bite me in the ass. I'm doing the same thing with Will Zalatoris because I look at Zalatoris as the same type of golfer as Fitzpatrick with the like, hey, he doesn't make a lot of putts. So if you don't make a lot of putts, you really need the scoring to be lower and you can kind of keep it around. And so I see Zalatoris and the reason he's done so well in these majors, because most of the majors are super hard, right? Most of these majors, the scores are pretty low and it's tough to, it's tough scoring conditions. And so him not making the putts that he needs to make doesn't affect him near as much as a tournament, which again, I could be wrong. But I'm playing this as if this is going to play at 17, 18, 19, 20. And so if that's the case, I'm 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 going against Zalatoris as well. So he's another guy that I'm fading. I'm looking to take on him in head-to-heads. I'm looking to take him on in three balls as well. The uh, last guy, and I mentioned him, I was curious if I was going to get any, any, any insight from you guys. So I'm glad at least uh, it wasn't a buy-low spot. I'm actually, I'm targeting Victor Hovland as well. I, I listen, I like the guy's game a ton. It's just he's lost what he was doing two years ago where he was basically a top 10, top five machine every single tournament that he played. Hopefully he does find it one of the you know good young players on tour. But right now, 
from a betting standpoint, he has to be a dude that I have to go after and it kind of attack this slump right now and attack this downswing. So those three guys I'm looking to really take on in head to heads and I'm almost taking all comers. That's not to say I will take all comers against them. There are some that I've, I've passed on, but most of the guys that I'm seeing paired up against these dudes are dudes that I'm willing to, to uh, go ahead and, and play against. So those guys are all fades for me. For Speaking sure of lost week. and found, have they found Victor Hovland's clubs yet? Because didn't the airline <laughs> lose his clubs last week? Yes, he had to play with some like <laughs> other clubs at the Scottish or whatever. Or something and you like mentioned that. Will Zalatoris, Matt. Yeah. I want to share this stat from, from Andy Lack. He tweeted earlier this week, Zalatoris strokes gained putting in the three majors this year, plus 17.4. Zalatoris strokes gained putting in his nine other starts, minus 16.1. <laughs> like that is yeah. absurd. Like I – you basically have to think that he continues this outlier putting performance to continue to contend here to bet him at that short number. I was interested in him earlier this year, like 50 to one or so, but I, I can't get behind him at the numbers we're seeing now. All right. This is the moment everyone's been waiting for. Brad, let's run through your betting card and then go ahead and add if there's anything you're considering, because, again, we are doing this on Tuesday. There's still a long time between now and, and first tee. So if there's anything you're even considering adding as well so people can look into it a little bit further. Yep. So um, favorite bet on the card, as I say, is Tiger Woods to make mm-hmm. the cut or, or Stevens angle I like as well. Um, on the outrights, uh, Tony Finau, four, 45 to one, um, some top 10 and top 20 as well, if you fancy. Um, slightly lower down, Keith Mitchell, 150 to one to win. Um, and other ones I'm considering would be the bombers we talked about. So Bryson DeChambeau, 125 to one. I think that's worth a flyer. Cam Young, 150, and maybe even Wyndham Clark, who uh, you start to get really high numbers mm-hmm. on on Wyndham Clark, and another sort of bomber who's who's good with the putter. All right, Stephen, what's on the what's on the card? What are you considering? All right, outright car, Justin Thomas, 22 to 1. Just think it's a, a slightly disrespectful number considering some of the names that are above him and, and his pedigree. And again, just could not find a stat where he wasn't top 20 in the field uh, that, that we care about this week. So uh, a little bit further down the board, Sam Burns at 40 to 1, Louis Oosthuizen 50 to 1, but at more of a defensive bet there. I, I'm not a true believer, just more of course history with, with Oosti. Um, Tony Finau, 66 to one. Max Homa might be my favorite bet this week, considering the number that I got at 90 to one. I'm with you guys. I wouldn't bet him at 50, but I'd I'd be looking carefully for a a spot to enter in the live market to get closer to those original odds that we saw uh, that started around triple digits. A couple names that we did not mention so far. uh, One in particular that I did bet, uh, hat tip to John Hasselbauer for this one. Victor Perez. Now, the recent form isn't there with Perez. He's not played great in the past three tournaments. But another guy who won the Alfred Dunhill Links at St. Andrews for a couple of rounds. Another guy who has a win and a top three on the DP World Tour this year. So potentially some some good play this season along with course history. Uh, so 150 to one, I believe, on Victor Perez. Uh, see if that's still out there as well. Uh, but yeah, my, 
you know, you know me, I like a long shot, but this week didn't seem like a good week to, to do some long shots, in my opinion. There's too many big names surfacing at the top of the rankings. Yeah, my card, um, like I said, when it drifted to 22, I, it was too much for me. Justin Thomas, he's a dude that is the, he's in the top three in every version of every model that I ran. Like I said, I ran five different versions or whatever. So uh, it just, everything that I'm looking for this week, he checks all of the boxes. So um, 22 to one here on him, the 27 to one on Cam Smith. Again, another dude that like the only flaw in his game is off the tee and because he, he, he ends up losing three, four strokes every single tournament because he's sprayed it into the woods or he's hit it into some super incredibly long grass. Well, this might be the place you can get away from it so long as you can miss those bunkers. And so uh, I think he could really, really do some damage here. So I do have him, Tommy Fleetwood for all the mentions, for all the reasons that I mentioned earlier in the fact that he's had so much success at St. Andrews really loves links golf. And I think it suits him as best as, uh, as anything right now, Sam Burns, uh, numbers play for me that said at 45 to one, which you can still find on Sam Burns, you're not going to get a dude with as high a win equity at 45 to one. Uh, you're just really, you're rarely going to get that. I mean, the guys won multiple times already this season. He shot a three under in the first round of the Scottish open last week before fading. So it's not like he can't do it, you know, on these type of courses as well. So, uh, really do like Sam Burns, the long ticket on home. Same thing you just mentioned, Steven. I, I, I couldn't pull the trigger at 50, but I do love it at the number that I got it at. I got Keith Mitchell as well on a long number. And then I also have, I also have Adrian Moronk, right? Um, if you guys are familiar with Adrian Moronk, a guy on the DP world tour that has uh, had a bunch of success, has some win equity as well. And was Just one like two weeks ago, right? Yeah. And he's a guy that I, you know, again, not going to pop up in your models because there's not going to be enough stats on him for whatever is more of a gut type play. But again, he's weight, he's big triple digits. And so it was more of a, Hey, it's a guy with win equity, uh, playing really, really good golf as of late. And I'm getting, you know, triple digits on him. So that's, what's in the card right now. The only one that I'm considering, and when I say considering, I'm probably going to go ahead and make when we get off of here is the fee now. The fact that both of you guys are on fee now, the fact that he is, again, top of the model for me in the 36th round as it is anyway. I mean, that's enough confirmation that I need with with not only the numbers, but two two guys that I consider smart also on it as well. So uh, fee now will probably make the card and probably round things out for me um, there. But as always, if you do want to see the full betting cards of everybody on the staff, head over to the Discord channel. So um, if you're if you're watching us on YouTube, it's in the link below. If you're listening to us, head over to lines.com, upper right-hand corner. There's going to be a, a little Discord thing. Click on that. Get in there. One, we're chatting golf as it is anyway, so you can get some insight and ask some questions, but also you get the full betting cards of everybody as they put them in. So some valuable stuff there as well. If you want to follow Brad on the Twitter machine, at Brad Allen NFL. You want to follow Steven at Steven Anders 1. You want to follow me at Matt Brown M2. Guys, good luck on all your bets. <laughs>